This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. How the heck are you? It is Wednesday, October 27th, 2021. Uh, 27 days to Maui, MFers. Let's go. 27 days to Maui. Wowie. 30 days from right now, we will be planning the evening's dinner at Mama's Fish House on Maui. It's going to be amazing. Yep. Until then, we're going to rip Rudy Gobert in the jazz. I already got a tweet today. Oh, can't wait to hear you guys rip Rudy Gobert. Jake? Nothing? I mean, okay. Jokic was pacing for 50 in the game. Just saying. You know, uh, Jazz get a huge win last night. They send a message. Bronco Mendenhall is back. Uh, no. He, well, he's coming back. You know. What would... Oh, my God. What would happen? To, would Provo just, like, be sucked into a giant sinkhole <laughs> if Bronco was rehired to replace Kalani? Dude, I literally think Lavelle Edwards Stadium would just disappear. Would be no more. We'll talk Bronco. We got to talk some Lakers. We got to talk Deshaun Watson to the Miami Dolphins. All kinds of good stuff coming up. But first, make sure you hit subscribe on this show. Uh, right now on YouTube, if you are listening on our audio podcast, you're amazing because we had another huge day yesterday. And it seems like we can say that every day. And I, I want to make sure everybody's aware we couldn't do this show without you guys. We really appreciate you being here. Big shout out to, to my guy, Mark at the gym yesterday, who was like, hey, are you Monty? I was like, no. He was like, all right, cool. And then he walked away and we went and lifted together. Uh, it was pretty amazing. Um, <laughs> no, really. Mark walked up to me. And he's like, hey, are you Monty? I'm like, yes. He goes, oh, man, I listen every day. And I'm like, I appreciate you, man. And we were talking shoes and he was asking me about my Cubs sweatshirt. And it was amazing. We got a shout out at uh, Costco. Costco last week. Uh, I can't remember my guy's name. No, I don't remember my guy's name. I feel like it was Kevin? Something. John? My bad. My guy at Costco, appreciate you listening to the show. Um, and we encourage you guys to say hello in public. We love we loved meeting our listeners. Uh, we love talking to you guys. So appreciate everybody who listens to this show. Thank you for watching on YouTube. Subscribe. We are going to give away this... Uh, Xbox Series S. Now, there was a, a good debate yesterday on Twitter about do you want a disc or do you want to be all digital mm -hmm. for your gaming console? I don't know why you would ever want a disc in a gaming console again. I would tell you just buy the digi all yeah, digital. Yeah, I mean, the only, the only difference is, is that when you pop the disc in, you don't have to, like, you know, download the whole game and everything. Yeah, you it pop it in it. and it goes real quick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, we're going to give this away at 3,000 subs. So all you have to do is hit subscribe. Take a picture that you're subscribed and tag us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, and you are instantly entered to win. I'm going to do that. This here piece of equipment. Now, without further ado, Jake, let's talk Utah Jazz basketball because a big win last night and a win that I think sent a message across the National Basketball Association, which is Hassan Whiteside is a physical player who's not going to put up with your BS. I love that moment with, with Jermichael Green last night where they got into a shoving match. I love the fact that that they get the win, the Utah Jazz do against the Denver Nuggets. And when Nikola Jokic went out, they put their foot on the gas. 
in the in the, the especially in the fourth quarter. They attacked the basket. I think you got huge contributions um, out of just about everybody. And by the way, if you just don't understand how important Mike Conley is to this basketball team, Jake, I don't know that there will be a better example of that uh, than his contribution, especially in the first half. But it, it all throughout that game last night, I thought he was great. Yeah, I mean, he's playing well, you know, and, and I think that, you know, we know who Mike Conley is. He's a guy who's going to knock down the three. He's a guy who's going to be elite in the pick and roll. Um, and the question, frankly, the question has never really been what he's able to do on the floor. I mean, it's not any secret that Mike Conley is a really good player, you know. The problem has just always been his availability. And, and I think last night it was on full display that, you know, when he's playing, he's able to knock down threes real easy. He's able to put Rudy Gobert in good positions. He puts his other teammates in good positions. So, I mean, yeah, Mike Conley is a is a very important piece to the puzzle for the Utah Jazz. And I just think that they got to make it a priority to keep him healthy this year. You know, like I, I think – you know, we see like with the Lakers last night, LeBron's not playing and they still get the job done. I would expect the same thing out of the Jazz with Mike Conley. You know, rest him on the back-to-back and go and win those games. That's what you have to do. So I, I love watching Mike Conley play basketball. I just think at some point we have to figure out if he's actually going to be there at the end or or if he's going to run into the injury bug again. So that that would obviously be the the only concern with Mike Conley. I think he he shows you what he can do pretty consistently. Yeah, and I, I think his just his overall presence, the experience, the calming factor, you know, obviously he's an elite three-point shooter. Um, he continues to show his ability to distribute the ball, whether that's to Rudy on the lob or the reverse last night that I thought was that reverse pass that was so important. I think we saw a lot of good Mike Conley last night. I think we saw a lot of good Rudy Gobert last night. Uh, as soon as Jokic was out of that game in the second half, the Jazz clearly made an effort um, to get Rudy the basketball um, with lobs, and you know he was able to inflict his will on the block. I thought that chase down block late in the, in the first half was a real big moment in this game. Um, I think, again, Rudy Gobert showed his value in this game. And already I see in the comments that, oh, well, there was no Jamal Murray and no Nikola Jokic. Does it matter? No, it doesn't. The Utah Jazz got a win, and that was on October 26th of 2021 where they beat the Nuggets, and mm -hmm. that ain't never going to change. And, and I think just the same way that, you know, we want to talk about, hey, well, the Jazz would have won a game, would have beat the Clippers if they were healthy. You know, yeah, we can all agree that this game would have been a lot closer. It wouldn't have been a 12-point game at the end of the day if Jokic, you know, hadn't hadn't gone off and if Murray was available. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think we all have to agree that health is a factor in the game. You know, health is something that every team deals with. And I think that, you know, just because a team isn't healthy doesn't mean that we should discount the win that the Jazz put out last night. I mean, you're, you're talking about the Jazz – um, beating a Nuggets team that is a pretty good team, even with their shortcomings on the injury front, uh, and you beat them by 12 at home. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I expected them to win by 12, but but damn if I didn't expect them to win the game. I mean, we said yesterday they should win this game. So, so I, to me, you took care of business. I love that Hassan Whiteside brought that gritty, you know, no no nonsense attitude at the end of the game. Uh, I think Don is still working on getting himself fully kind of going as an individual contributor. And I think this team is in a really good spot right now. Now, when you go on the road, uh, we're going to see who you really are against some of these next opponents. Not that they're world beaters, but it's not going to be easy. So so that's, you know, I, I think you're in a good spot as you go out on a road trip. Yeah, and I, I'm curious about 
you know, some of the other things that we saw in this game. Obviously, uh, you know, Jordan Clarkson was red hot uh, at times in this game. And I think you now have a real core of a second unit for the Utah Jazz. When you look at the way uh, that Jared Butler came into this game um, with all kinds of confidence, I think Jordan Clarkson obviously gave you a big contribution. Um, even though his face seems to be melting down with some growth of a human being coming from his cheekbone, uh, Eric Paschal, I thought, you know, banged a little bit in that game. Like, I think you got something. I was going to do something, but then I was like, eh, yeah. You really have nothing for me on, on Eric Paschal? Facial growths are probably, uh, you know, prob probably shouldn't, yeah. No, I don't yeah, know what's Eric going on. Eric Pascal has a facial inf a, a facial infection, and was doubt or was questionable, questionable, doubtful, whatever. He played. It, was. it doesn't. Whatever I guess the it label doesn't matter. Was. You know, he's <laughs> out, he was out there. I look. I think, I I think there's no question that the second unit this year is better than it was last year. I, I just think that's not in doubt. That that's not in question. Well, you have guys you can count on. Yeah. I mean, you get three guys in double digits off the bench last night. Uh, you know, 13 from Jingles, who I thought, again, shot the ball really well. That is one of the, the main concerning things uh, coming out of this game um, is that the Jazz are not shooting the three ball very well. You're at 30% um, in that game last How many night. did they take last night? Uh, 39, 12 of 39, which, by the way, 39 feels a little light for this it ball does. club. It does, it does. I mean, I and I think there was a concerted effort, obviously, in the second half to get to the basket. But I'm, I have understand. to say, I have to say, I I would prefer them to win a game and to be able to win games in this style than to not. You know, like like this is a game like you were just saying where they didn't shoot well from from three, but you still go out and you you're able to win the game because you were you were playing a physical brand of basketball with a physical team, admittedly. So I I think that the more ways that the Jazz can find ways to win ball games, that's obviously a good thing. I, I felt like last year at times. It was very much a case of, hey, if you didn't knock down forty percent of those threes, you weren't winning the game. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and I feel like that's a at least right now to this point. Obviously, we can't say the whole season yet, but to this point so far, it feels like they're they're more than just a three and D team now. So far, I mean, it feels like there's a real emphasis, like you were saying, to get Rudy the ball. There's a real emphasis to get penetration in the paint, to get a higher percentage look. Um, and, and I and I like that, and I think that. If that's going to be the brand that they play all year, they're going to be in 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 much better better shape overall as a team. Yeah, and I I think, you know, when we talk about sending a message, Hassan Whiteside has already become a very important player to this team, and you know his defense has got to improve. I think again we saw last night late rotations just not quite in sync with the Jazz system yet, but the toughness. The want to, the hustle, the effort, the, you know, that Jermichael Green thing, even though both were ejected, I think that's something that's been missing. This Jazz team for the last several years has been soft. And Rudy Gobert is a big, is soft. He's not a guy that's ever going to walk up and punch you in the face. <laughs> Hassan Whiteside's a guy that you don't want to body with right now. Like, he's a guy that does not care. He'll take the smoke. Like, he doesn't drop that mother. Yeah, he doesn't care. I mean, honestly, and that's something. I think is of real value to this Utah Jazz team because you need toughness in the playoffs. And whether that's Jay Crowder, um, whether that's, oh my God, his name went uh, Tucker. Um, PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker in Milwaukee last year. Patrick Beverly, you know, breaking Devin Booker's face and Chris Paul's hands. Like, you need that on your team. Now, Hassan Whiteside might not be to that level, 
But you're not going to push the Jazz around when he's on the floor. You're not going to do that. And I think that's something that's of real value because the Jazz don't have an enforcer. And I don't know even that Hassan Whiteside is an enforcer, but it was nice to see the, uh, a Jazz man willing to get his nose dirty, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the in the middle of the paint and, and have an altercation. I think that's something we have not seen enough of from this team. Yeah, and I think it, it really, you know, what fueled that fire was that it was a, a play with which Donovan Mitchell was finishing at the rim. And, you know, Hassan Whiteside's guy was trying to push him out of the way to get Jermichael there. Jermichael Green. Yeah. Or, yeah, Jermichael Green. And, and I think that, um, you know, I, I just think that Hassan is showing you, you know, what he can really be. I, I feel like he's a guy in the league that a lot of people are like, well, this guy's kind of average. You get him. It's good on some nights and not good on others. To this point, and again, I know it's still early, but to this point, I feel like he's been really good for this team. You know, not just the toughness and, and what he did last night with Jermichael Green. But I also feel like you know he's he's playing good he's playing good defense. The Jazz don't have a real steep fall off in rim protection when 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 he's on the floor like they did last year. So that's already a huge improvement. And by the way, last night, not that he was knocking him down, but you know there he has a little bit of a floater game. He's got a little bit of a a, a little jumper. You know he's got a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So so he provides them offensive flexibility as well. So I just think that that picking him up specifically. Um, was a was a a savvy move, but b really a significant upgrade for them, and 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 I think we see it in in situations like that. And by the way, when again when you're going out on the road, basically for the first time this year, you know you're you're gonna face adversity, and the question really is, you know, how are you gonna react to that? And we now know how Hassan Whiteside is gonna react to that adversity, which is he's not gonna take any of that. So I, I loved what I saw to him. And I think this team is just overall like in a in a much better spot than than they had been. Now, now that we've painted the rosy picture, mm-hmm. it's got to be concerning that Aaron Gordon kicked your ass for four quarters last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, and this is something we talked about leading up to this game. Um, and yes, I like to tell you two things: I am a sexy human being, mm-hmm. and I know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's a joke. I, I was kidding. Well, I mean, I do know everything and I am sexy, but that's not really my point here. My point is we warned you about this exact matchup going into this game last night. The Nuggets were going to use Aaron Gordon to prove a point uh, against Boyan Bogdanovich and, and Bogey couldn't answer the bell against Aaron Gordon. And I think the thing that you're seeing is there was a real firm game plan in place. Jokic was going to attack Rudy Gobert. And Aaron Gordon was going to attack Boyan Bogdanovich. And boy, did they not, I mean, did they not execute that to a T? Yeah. And it's that one thing where if you attack the Jazz in the paint, the Jazz don't have an answer to that. And I don't know what the adjustment is for Quinn. I think it's very difficult when you have a center like, uh, you know, Nikola Jokic, who can shoot the three, um, who can bang with you inside, who's got elite footwork. I mean, he turned Rudy all the way around on that one layup in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that this is the the blueprint to beat the Jazz. Attack the paint, pull Rudy away from the basket, and have your way at the rim. And I think what you're seeing is Nikola Jokic demanded respect because he made threes early in this game. I mean, this this cat was at 24 points uh, going to the half. I mean, this guy pacing was... pacing for 50, bro. Like... He was, you know, like before he was injured, remember, he went out of this game in the second quarter he had 24 points. I mean, he was, he, to your point, he was pacing for 50. The question is, what's the adjustment going to be for the Jazz? Because you're going on a trip right now 
um, where you're going to go face a bunch of teams that are going to attack the paint. That's what they do. And again, I know that we got mocked a bunch in the comments yesterday about, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. And, you know, the Houston Rockets, you're an idiot. Watch what the Houston Rockets do against the Jazz. Watch what the Chicago Bulls do against the Jazz. That is, that is without question, the Chicago Bulls are currently the best team in the NBA. They are playing the best basketball, and how are they doing it? With three wings that know how to get the ball into the hoop. Yeah. Whether that's Zach Levine, who can hit threes or dunk on you. Um, DeMar DeRozan's back-to-the-basket game right now is Filthy. elite. It is elite. And you look at the way Lonzo Ball is shooting the three, but you look at the fact that he is a pass-pass-then-shoot guy. The Jazz are going to have their hands full in Chicago. And then you have Alex Caruso you have to worry about. Yeah, so. I mean, their bench has been <laughs> has been very good. I'm not a Vucevic guy, personally. I, I don't think that – I think Rudy is a better player than Vucevic is. But, I mean, he's somebody you have to respect because he can shoot the three. So, I think this trip is going to be very telling for the Jazz. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question they take their first loss on this trip. I don't know how you don't. I mean, th- this – that as much time as you've had off in the last week, that all comes to an end with this trip. You know, like yeah. this is this is asking a lot. I don't know what is the adjustment if you're Quinn Snyder. What is the adjustment you make defensively? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's like, so. Like last night, you know, the the problem when you're playing Aaron Gordon is that he's quicker than you and he's stronger than you. Yeah. So like you know when you ha- when you're playing somebody who is slower than you but stronger, okay, we can deal with that. There are things you can do to handle that. And if you're playing with someone who's weaker than you but maybe has a better first step than you do, okay, we can compensate for that. But when they have both, that's going to be really difficult to stop. And, 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 and I think, you know, not only did he do it against Bogey, there were moments where he did it against Royce. So they don't really have an answer. And, and I feel like the only guy who, who on the block, not on the perimeter, but on the block could keep up physically would be like a Pascal or something like that. They don't really have another guy who is a consistent starter who could keep yeah, up with, Aaron, with that. Go- Aaron Gordon. And so, you know, like yesterday, the reason the like, so I think the adjustment is, you know, you have to, you have to find a way to get Rudy to sag off his defender a little bit without encouraging Aaron Gordon to pass it. You got to find the middle ground. I think the problem is the jazz get into, they get into trouble when Rudy does that too often. And yeah. when, when you have somebody that can keep Rudy Gobert honest at the line, when you have a guy like a, a Vucevic or, you know, obviously Jokic mm-hmm. very clearly is an elite three-point shooter. And, a, a, I mean, again, we saw he was a phenomenal passer last night. Yeah. Uh, but when you have a guy like that who can do those things, Rudy Gobert tends to get comfortable sagging away from his man. Right. He gets paint happy for sure. And you just can't do that against elite bigs in this league. Um, I, and I think obviously Joel Embiid taught us that lesson last year in Philly on that trip at the end of the, the first half. Yeah. But I, I think the, the bigger question is how do you find a happy medium with Rudy Gobert helping, helping on, you know, from his guy to protect the paint? Yeah. I, I think it's an awkward situation for the jazz defense because I, I and, and I think we'll see it all year long. I think this is an adjustment that, that teams are going to make. They, the, I, I do believe that it's been identified by the rest of the league that you know you can outstrength particular guys in the starting five for the Jazz, or you can outquick them. So, like the reason I think that, the reason I don't—it's not that I think the reason I know that the Jazz will struggle against teams like the Bulls or the Rockets yeah. or any of these really young gun, high-flying, fast-paced track meet style teams 
is because that's not the style of basketball the Jazz play. They're not a team that that's looking to run yeah. up and down and constantly like be pushing the pace. Yes, they do that sometimes, but they're more that half court set, you know, pick and roll. You know, use Mike Conley's vision, use Mike Conley's touch in the passing game. That's what they do. So, so you know, what is the adjustment? I'm not so sure that there is an adjustment for what Aaron Gordon did to you last night, and that's why it happened for four quarters. You know, and and that's a tough thing to say, but but at the end of the day. What are the real options? Okay, we're going to pull Rudy down in the paint a little more to, to show Aaron Gordon that he's going to come and help if right. he pushes through. Okay, well, what is Aaron Gordon going to do? He's going to go through bogey, and then he's going to kick it for an open three. The Jazz don't want to give that up either. So that's why I say maybe the question isn't, hey, what are we doing defensively? Maybe the question really should be, how can we just score more? And that's what we're seeing in the league. Well, and I think that this goes back to the Royce O'Neal conversation that we we had yesterday, and we got a bunch of people freaking out on YouTube over this in the in the comments post-haste the show yesterday. And it's going to go into crisis lockdown yeah. mode here at the house. This is why Royce O'Neal just being a guy makes it so that, you know, you're in a tight game through three quarters with the Nuggets because when Royce O'Neal goes, um, you know, five points, one of four from three in 31 minutes – and he gives you three rebounds and two assists. Like he's not, he's not as is, he's not making the contribution that you need him to make. And mm -hmm. I think that's why I always say, if you're going to upgrade a guy on this team, upgrade Royce O'Neal. I mean, you have to find a way um, to upgrade that position. And again, you know, everybody was talking about Harrison Barnes yesterday. I would love to add Harrison Barnes to this roster. I think it's nearly impossible to do that. Because of his value. I, I don't know who that body will be. Yeah. But if you're going to upgrade somebody, it's got to be Royce O'Neal. And I think that the 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 difficult part for the Jazz is you're very good right now. Mm -hmm. Does upgrading does upgrading make sense with Royce O'Neal? Because I also think there's only so many shots to go around every game. And we've talked about this. We talked about it yesterday. Yeah. There's only so many shots to go around. But – Am I the only one who who looks at Donovan Mitchell right now, and I I don't see a guy that's gotten hot yet? What was his What was his his chart last night? What what's one the of nine say? from three for twenty two points? Okay, one of nine from three, and then how nine many? of twenty from the floor? So he's just not shooting it well right yeah. now. I mean, he's making plays, right? Like you know, you if you oh, watch certainly. that game last night, he's making a ton of plays, and like you know, there was that one pick and roll moment where he spin moves to to get to his right hand and finishes. I mean, that's a beautiful play, but I think you know. One thing we talked about a lot at the end of last season was that Donovan Mitchell likes to play hero ball in the big moment. And obviously you haven't had one of those big moments yet. However, I do think that Don has come out and has been, you know, more strategic. I'm not going to say conservative because I don't think he's holding back clearly with those shot numbers, but I do think he's picking and choosing his spots, you know, more strategically. And, and I like to see that. However, they need to go in. They need to start going in. <laughs> I mean, yep. you know, if you look at his numbers again, what did you say he was? Like one of nine from three? One of nine, nine of 20 from the floor. Um, two, what is that, and 29 here, well, shots? But here's the other issue. Here's the other – no, just 20 shots. Uh, here's the other issue. Two rebounds, six uh, – excuse me, six times. So Donovan Mitchell just is not playing his game yet. Mm -hmm. He just has not gotten into the flow of things. So – Nights like this are very interesting. These are the nights where, and I don't know if I'm sure it's James Knight with us. He'll love me saying, I think, but you know, like you look at a guy like a 
Joe Ingles, this is where Joe Ingles' value shoots way up. Yes. When you are struggling from three, Joe Ingles will hit a three for you. Yeah. This is why, you know, Mike Conley being a, a low-key guy, Mike Conley's an elite three-point shooter. When Donovan Mitchell's struggling, Mike Conley's going to make a three for you. Oh, and he did that last night, too. What is he, 4-4 four four in the first half? Yeah, I mean, it. It this team, this team is good, not great. And so when we talk about upgrading, I think that spot is Royce O'Neal because – the other thing that I think you saw last night is that when you have a guy um, like Boyan who has his hands full defensively, he only gives you 14 points. Boyan Bogdanovich, for this team to be elite, has got to be a 20-point guy. Mm-hmm. He has got to be Boyan Bogdanovich also. The other thing that concerns you a little bit is the rebounds from your, your starting five. I mean, Rudy obviously had his at 23 and 16. They did not, offensive, uh, they did not rebound offensively very well. And... It, you expect more than eight offensive rebounds out of this Jazz team. Now, that's a luxury, obviously, but it's what you've become accustomed to. Right. And furthermore, I would say when you only shoot 12 of 39 from three, you would think that you would have more than eight offensive rebounds. So this team is just not – I know you're 3-0. and This Utah Jazz team has not played its best basketball, not close. And I think, you know, with the record and when we're talking about them not having played their best yet, remember that – we're not talking about just being a really good regular season team anymore. This is super crucial that we all remember like the, the place that we're having this conversation from the stated goal of this team this year by Donovan Mitchell himself was to win a championship. Yeah. So, so the, 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 I want to make sure that people understand we're having these conversations. We're having it from a championship perspective, not from a like, Hey, are we a good team in the league? Yeah, obviously you're a good team in the league, man. <laughs> like, there's no doubt about that. I mean, most people would say that you're you're a top three team in the league, if not a top five by everybody's standards. So, so to me, yeah, you're three and zero, but yeah, you, there's a, there's a lot that you could do better to 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 get to you know number one in the league again. So that's what we're talking about. Well, and your schedule's going to allow you to have growing pains like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, your schedule. The Jazz have a phenomenal schedule. Uh, let's get some of your comments in here. Cause I see a lot of you here. What's up Tanner Plummer. First in James Knight. Good day, lads. Uh, Cody Strickland says, good morning, boys. Got to say jazz are not looking like a championship style st- style team. And it's hard for me to say that. I-, I just think they haven't played well yet. Yeah. I mean, I there's mean, no reason to be negative. Right? No. I, well, I, I think you feel very good about the fact that you haven't lost. Um, you beat one of the better teams in the West last night, Nikola and with with or without Nikola Jokic, you beat the Denver Nuggets, and I think you did that with the Nuggets playing the exact style of basketball they wanted to play, which was get to the paint, you know, expose Boyan Bogdanovich's lack of defense, and get in Rudy Gobert's chest, and they did that repeatedly, and the Jazz still won the game. Right. So you feel good about that. I think it's easy to sit here and say, oh, well, with with Jokic and Murray. Well, guess what? They didn't have Jokic and Murray. So the Jazz can only beat the Nuggets that are on the floor in front of them. Yeah. I don't know. Would, they, would the Jazz have lost this game if Jokic plays? I have no idea because he didn't play. So I don't know. I think either way, it's a really tight game. I, I and just the, think jazz, that, the, yeah. the Jazz won the game. Yeah. And so I don't care what would have happened with Jokic because he wasn't here. This is the the conversation from last season that that I had to slap your bag about yesterday. I don't care who was hurt last season. The Milwaukee Bucks won the championship and your team didn't. Mm-hmm. And whether you're a Laker, a Bull, a Suns fan, doesn't matter. The Milwaukee Bucks, for the entirety of the rest of your life, will be NBA champions in 2020-2021. And there ain't no change in that. 
So the Jazz won last night. It is what it is. Uh, Gabe Ledley says, morning, guys. What's up? Lopes fan Gabe, good to see you. Jeremy Bolton, good morning. Q Sam says, Whiteside adds an edge. Absolutely. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, the Nuggets lost lay squarely with um, Nakik and Murray. He means, I think he means Jokic. Okay. Uh, because they're injured. Well, that may be true, but who cares? Um, you know, Brood Wars says, I don't know why you'd ev ever want to con uh, console with a disc. Are you talking about video games? Yeah, he's talking about video Spoken games. Spoken like someone who's never seen digital games delisted uh, from online storefronts or has game games from prior console generations. Well, I do. But the problem is I don't have hours of the day to play games. Yeah. So I play. I might play Xbox three, four hours a week, maybe, and that's in a good week. So yeah, you're right. I don't game the way I used to. Now, when it was much many years, ten years ago, sure, I played a lot more. Played a lot more Call of Duty. Drank a lot more Mountain Dew. That's why I was a fat. Well, am fat. Well, I mean, less fat, but you know, still fat. You know. Anyway, the point is, you, get your facts yeah, you don't need a disc. James Knight says Bogdanovich will not be a jazz player much longer. He is clearly our main defensive deficiency. I don't know that I'm going to sit here and, and agree that he's clearly your main defensive deficiency. Is he one of them? Yes. But I think this whole thing about Royce O'Neal and not, not, you know, getting bullied last night and getting beat off the first step, like Royce O'Neal's deficiencies aren't exactly, you know, being hidden right now. I mean, I it, like Royce definitely got hit, got beat by Aaron Gordon several times. So I'm not disagreeing with you on bogey. I do think I literally said yesterday, I think he's one of the main trade chips this team has, but I'm not also going to sit here and say that he's like some embarrassment as a defender. He's never been uh, regarded as some great defender. Royce O'Neal for the longest time by jazz fans has been called some great defender and he's he, not. There is a belief that Royce O'Neal is an elite on ball defender. And I'm telling you, he's not. And I know that we took a lot of heat for that last year. I, I will still say the same thing. He cannot keep a guy in front of him. Watch him one-on-one. -on -one. He cannot keep a guy in front of him. And if, if On that's, this road trip, you'll see it. If that's your best on-ball defender, which, by the way, he's not, Donovan Mitchell's defense, he's he is playing pretty solid defense right now. I mean, he is – he and Mike Conley, I think, are your two best non-Rudy defenders. I mean, Rudy Gobert's your best defensive player. But I think Donovan Mitchell's defense has gotten better. Mm -hmm. I look at a guy who who I think it defense is an attitude. And Boyan Bogdanovich, I think, is slow. I think Boyan Bogdanovich lacks any kind of quality footwork. And I think he cannot move to his left or right. And in this league, when you're going backwards, it's over. It's over. And I think that's the biggest issue. And I just think Royce O'Neal is a guy who I'm trying not to be a jerk about it, but I just don't think he... He's an average player. I don't know why so many people lost their shit yesterday on YouTube when I said <laughs> he's just a guy. But if you go and read the comments on yesterday's video, like there's four or five guys who are like, oh, what you... Do you... I, we literally had... Do you guys watch jazz games? <laughs> no, we don't. Royce O'Neal's just a guy. He is not special. He is not unique. Mm -hmm. There's a hundred other guys just like Royce O'Neal. He is not irreplaceable even a little bit. Mm -hmm. Not even a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, Brood War says, it's nice to see the Jazz lineups change over the years, but their ability to play down to their competition never does. Well, 
I don't know what that comment has to do with last night because I think the Nuggets are a very good team. Yeah. And they're only going to get better as Murray continues to work his way back. Don't forget who Jamal Murray is. That's a bad MFer. Like that's, that's a th- guy. That is their Donovan Mitchell, dude. I mean, he's he put up 50 in a postseason game. Like, that's a guy that can really play the game of basketball. And they miss him dearly. And hey, to their credit, I mean, like I think Will Barton has really stepped into a role for them. You're not replacing Jamal Murray. You're, yeah. you're just not. I mean, you're you're it, think about it this way. Dozier would have never seen the court last night if Murray's healthy. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge step up. And by the way, depth. if Murray's healthy, Jokic is a, is just on a whole another planet in yes. terms of performance. Because you can't you can't sag. Yeah. You cannot you cannot leave like there's not a Murray matchup that works well because I guarantee you they would be playing three to four guard rotations. Yeah. And Michael Porter Jr. By the way, still is not playing his best basketball either. Like the, the nuggets, I'm telling you the nuggets ceiling as much improvement as we're going to see out of the jazz as the weeks and months go on. You're going to see that much improvement out of the, the nuggets too. Like I expect a big jump forward out of that club. Yeah. I mean, as much as we've talked about the Clippers without Kawhi, certainly whatever the hell the Lakers are right now, and we're going to talk about them in a minute, like <laughs> you expect the Denver Nuggets to take a, a big jump forward. Tanner Plummer says, how many threes do you think this team should take on a, a game-to-game basis? I I think Quinn said last year, didn't he say 53s a game? Like you yeah. can't take too many. And I agree with that yep. because a, a, the more threes you shoot, the more effective Rudy Gobert becomes. Well, and you're playing the numbers, right? I mean, the more the more you take, theoretically, the more you should make. You know, I mean, you, you so that that's kind of what they're – what their philosophy is, but I just think that I, I just feel like this game last year, the jazz would not have won this game last year. Yeah. And I say that because last year they, they would not have been able to answer physically. And I felt like that Hassan moment really kind of solidified things. Yeah. So, I would agree with that. I was really happy to see that. Yep. Totally agree with that. Uh, Val Umfris says aloha from the eight Oh eight. See you soon. 27 days to Maui. Let's go. Man. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says this Nuggets loss lays squarely on Jaron Hall. Bro, are you still salty over Jaron Hall? You're still upset. It's Wednesday. That was Monday. You're still upset over Jaron Hall. It, so what is he upset about? Jaron Hall's average-ass performance? I don't know. He thoughts? didn't say what he's upset about. What, like so he, what are you upset his about? His comment is the Nuggets loss lays squarely on Jaron Hall. That dude is an average quarterback. Nuggets should have had Conover in there. He would not. He would have got it done. Yeah. Hey, I agree, bro. I agree. Yeah, and you'd still be talking about a college football playoff spot. How is that even possible? Um, James Knight says Aaron Gordon is six eight. He's going to shoot over most wing defenders. He's got them to fall tonight. Let's not get carried away. Uh, Aaron Gordon wasn't beating you with threes. No. Okay. Aaron Gordon put his shoulder into your chest, and you had no answer. And then he hit little fadeaways on Rudy and he showed no fear and the turnaround in the middle of the paint and taking Boyan Bogdanovich right to the rack. And by the way, did anybody see Nikola Jokic? And this is, this is the Rudy Gobert conversation. Every big man's getting dunked on in this league. Yeah. Nikola Jokic doesn't have to dunk on you to make you, you know, look silly. He spun Rudy Gobert around because Nikola Jokic is an elite big. You know why he's the MVP. So I don't necessarily have a problem with Rudy Gobert struggling against a guy like Jokic because who doesn't struggle? The bigger issue with, with the Jazz defense and Bogdanovich and, and protecting that pain is Rudy can't block every shot. Yeah, Rudy can't stop every layup. 
when he's one-on-one with a guard, you're asking him to recover and block a shot from behind. You can see, much to your point, when we were not watching the game together last night. Right. Because we don't watch jazz basketball. We don't. We actually don't. Um, we just kind of read the cliff notes after the but, game. But, you know, um, when we were watching the game last night, Jake said the league is adjusted to the jazz now. And it's time for the jazz to adjust back to the league. And that's exactly right. You can see offenses know how to attack the Utah Jazz now. Um, the Blind Swordsman says, I got to say one thing. Does Quinn sharpen these guys' knees or something? That is twice now that Jazz hurt someone with bumping knees. Well, you know, they said this on the broadcast last night. Joe Ingles did not hurt Kawhi Leonard by bumping his knee. Yeah. Joe Ingles bumped shoulders to throw Kawhi Leonard off of his path. And that's how Kawhi partially tore his ACL. Yeah. So is there another one I'm missing? Jokic was out for the second half, by the way. Did you guys see that last night? He was warming up. Um, Sports Center had the highlight this morning. Yeah. He, and Mike Malone walked up, to, or excuse me, Michael Malone yeah, walked it's Michael, up to please. It's Michael, please, because I'm a Thank dick. you. Uh, Michael Malone walked up to Jokic and was like, no, nah, dude, you're not playing the second half. Which, by the way, why would you why would you risk Nikola Jokic last night? Yeah, you wouldn't. On a back-to-back? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, Daryl says, is Rudy any good with a second big in the game? Do we ever see it? I don't know that I, – I, is there a set or is it is it reasonable to expect Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside at the same time? I don't think it is. No, probably not. I could see Rudy and Pascal maybe or like – you know, you're not going to play Rudy and Hassan at the same time. That's that just the doesn't... offensive drop-off is too significant. Yeah, you're just – that's not – you're yeah. not doing that. Um, James Knight says, I'm sorry, Alex Caruso, Jake, please. Jeremy Bolton says, Alex Caruso is apparently the Mike James of the NBA this year. Uh, well, Have I... you guys watched Bulls basketball at all? Yeah, have you like, guys have seen any? Have you guys any... been paying attention at all? Well, no, the question is, do you watch Laker basketball? Alex Caruso is your glue guy. He's your Joe Ingles. And his ability to – the thing that Alex Caruso has that a lot of guys don't, he has jumps. Like, that guy can bunny out of the gym. And his ability to dunk – I mean, the highlight of the year probably for the Bulls so far has been the Lonzo to Caruso alley-oop. Um, the energy that he brings you, yeah. that's – I mean, Alex Caruso is – and Mike James, by the way, Mike James turned down the Knicks. So, like, the – this is what's so funny to me is yeah. jazz fans are so bitter yeah. that we said, hey, Mike James is the guy that you should want on this team. He is. By the way, the team that he went to went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Just saying. Yeah, and he played a big role on that team. And, oh, by the way, where did he go? He went to AC Milan. Like, he's he's the highest paid player in Europe, and he's going to probably win the MVP there again. Yeah. Like, it, it, and that that's the thing that I, I – I laugh at just because you don't know the quality of a guy like Mike James or Alex Caruso, because you don't watch Lakers or bulls. When, when you, when it comes back around, you can't possibly make the argument that you don't want Mike James. It you, Alex Caruso's a guy that probably doesn't fit on the, on the jazz. You don't, his role is, is, I mean, what would he, he's not your sixth man. Certainly. No. But he's a he's a seventh eighth guy on the on off the Jazz bench. He's like five or six on a very good Chicago Bulls team, and his defense is very good. He's a good three point shooter, mm-hmm. and, and he I, plays with the starters a lot. He doesn't start yeah. games, but he'll play with those guys a lot. I think any team there was a reason he was in demand as a free agent. 
any team would want him. Yeah. So, and I would remind you, he won a championship with the Lakers. So, just saying. I look at these guys that you want to mock. Well, Mike James went much further than the Jazz did last year, and Alex Caruso has a championship ring. So, those are guys you should want on your team. I don't understand the hate on that. I I really don't. Cody Strickland says, so why is it, why is the Bulls the best team? They've won two versus the Pistons and one on the Pelicans. They're just playing the best basketball right now. I mean, if you look at their numbers, their offensive efficiency is ridiculous. They're never going to be able to sustain that. They're, you're just, you don't play at that high of a level all year. But their energy and shot-making right now is what makes them the best. I mean, does that come to an end? Their schedule is going to get much more difficult yeah. now as we get into December. But they're, I mean, they're pretty much in the same boat that the Jazz are. I mean, the Bulls' schedule has not been difficult. But they've just pounded people. Listen, man, you know, you guys you guys kind of try to turn it into that he's saying that the Bulls are the best team in the league forever and ever. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that right now, today, the Bulls are playing the best yeah. basketball in the league. You know, they, they're, they're playing at a really high level. And you just happen to be going to play them. So that's why I say everyone, you know, in the YouTube comments, you know, criticizing me about saying that the Jazz are going to struggle with the Bulls and the Rockets, they are going to struggle with the Bulls and the Rockets. They're going to struggle with the athleticism. They're going to struggle with the pace of play. That's going to happen. Did I say they were going to lose the game? No, I didn't no. say they were going to lose the game. But what I did say is that it's not going to be an easy win at all. These are not – like, the league has changed. And and I'm not, I'm not even joking when I say this. If you're not watching what the Rockets are doing, what the Kings are doing, what – like, look at what, what happened in the Kings game. It took the Jazz to late in the third quarter to start controlling that game. Yes. That's what's going to happen in these games. And one of these times, it's not going to be enough to come back. So these are the things that you have to look for and know are coming. That's what we're saying. And I think momentum on the road is a very difficult thing to control. Um, you know, like you you look at the lower-tier teams. Even like Memphis is a really good example. I watched a good bit of the Memphis game the other night. I don't know how because they're largely the same cast of characters. They're a better team. Like, John Morant is a better player mm -hmm. than he was it's at any year point over last year development. season. Yeah, I mean, his three-point shot looks totally – this is the Lonzo Ball conversation. John Morant's three-point shot looks way better. He looks like he's been shooting a three his entire life. And it, that's why you worry about young teams that are aggressive, specifically to the Jazz. That's why you worry about young teams that are aggressive – like the Houston Rockets. I mean, they've got guys that like count bodies at the rim. Like that that's the at the rim on the three-point line, like the Rockets are not a good team. The Rockets are but neither was Minnesota last year or neither was, you know, again, this was another thing that pissed everybody off yesterday. You lost to Minnesota twice last year. And I it doesn't matter you everybody wants to make excuses like in the comments, well if Donovan was help, well he wasn't. And why did why did Minnesota give the Jazz trouble last year? Because they're athletic and they get to the rim. That's why they give you trouble. That's the that's that's the Achilles heel of the Utah Jazz. When you have young teams who don't care if they win or lose, they're just trying to figure out how to play in the league. They're gonna try and they're gonna try and dunk on you. Yeah. And uh, young players nowadays, I mean, are really good. <laughs> are they're explosive? Like guys are jumping. Like I'm telling you. The Jalen Greens of the world are and a problem. They're fun to watch. Anthony Edwards is a problem. Anthony Edwards is a great example of that. But, but like, 
the the young guys in this league, the LaMelo Balls, the Jalen Greens, the, you know, even like R.J. Hampton. R.J. Hampton, who was left for dead, now looks like a guy that actually has a semblance of a game. And he's actually making contributions. Like, this is a fun league to watch right now because you have so many young guys that are getting big minutes. And the only thing that they really know how to do is attack because that's all they've done in high school and AAU and maybe a little bit of college or the G League or Australia. Yeah. So all they're doing is running downhill and dunking on you. Now, a guy like LaMelo Ball is different because he actually has refinement. Yeah. He, you know, is lobbing and passing. His court vision's a lead. His three-point shot's a lead. He actually has, like, a well-rounded game. He's the true definition of just an all-around playmaker. Yeah. That's just what he does. But you look at guys like Lonzo Ball, another understated guy who doesn't talk much. But, man, look out when he's on the floor because when they're on the break, the Bulls are unbeatable. Like, the Alex Crusoe plays the best example the other night. Yeah. If you haven't seen the Alex Crusoe alley-oop, find it on YouTube. It is a sensational play. And it's sensational because Lonzo Ball has an open layup. And instead of just going to the basket, he, uh, like, throws this lob to Caruso. It, it, it's just a great play. And, and the, the building goes crazy. And the building goes crazy, yeah. which you haven't seen in Chicago in I don't know how long. Yeah. Because it's a younger league now, which is why I love it so much. And, and again, this is why I also say I'm not a fan of teams necessarily. I'm a fan of players. How are you not a fan of Donovan Mitchell? How do you not enjoy watching Mike Conley? But how do you not enjoy watching the Chicago Bulls right now? With, like, the way Zach Levine is shooting the ball? The league is getting healthier. Man, how do you not enjoy watching Charlotte? Yes. How do you not enjoy watching? And I'm telling you, for you Jazz fans out there that don't watch the rest of the league, I'm telling you, that you're, you're, you're missing you're, it. You're, miss, you're missing out. There's a lot of things going on, and, and, and I'm not saying that you're doing a bad job, but I'm just saying when we bring up names like Alex Caruso and you know all these yeah. different guys, I'm not bringing them up because be, like because they're random people. They're they're doing things. They're like they're making a difference. And Alex Caruso is not a superstar. No, but Alex Caruso is a really important like, and this is why I brought him up about winning a championship. I mean, you look at his role on that Laker team. Winning a championship in the bubble is a hell of a that was really difficult to do. Mm-hmm. And so you look at what Alex Caruso meant to that team, just playing minutes like, you know, Cantavius Caldwell Pope probably won them a championship. Yeah, he, he shot them to a championship. You look yeah. at one, you had one real moment in that bubble out of Anthony Davis hitting that three on the sideline there. But in the, like, you look at that team that won, it was Dwight Howard. It was, and I go back to the Bulls. It wasn't Jordan necessarily, right? It's Bobby Hanson, Steve Kerr. Bobby. You know, like it, John Paxson, Dennis Rodman, like your role players are why you win championships. Guys like Royce O'Neal are why you win or lose championships. Royce O'Neal, if you look across this, who's the best team in the NBA right now? Um, The Milwaukee uh, yeah, Bucks. Yeah, probably the Milwaukee Bucks. Is yeah. Royce O'Neal one of the top 10 guys on the Milwaukee Bucks? No. Okay, the, the, the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix, no, he's not. He does not. Ha the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know that he makes the Phoenix Suns roster, Royce O'Neal. Honest to goodness, they're so young and they are so defensively talented. I don't, and he, and he just does not shoot the three well. He does not make Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. He does not make Milwaukee. Clippers. I don't know. He's probably, he's probably, he's probably a bench guy on the Clippers. He's a role player on any other team. He is a, a non-starting, really not contributing role player on any other team. Yeah. He's just a guy. 
and yet the Jazz fan, a lot of Jazz fans and the Utah Jazz make him out to be like some unbelievable. Like, come on. Really? All right, let's get some comments in here. Um, wow. Uh, good job in the comments today. I appreciate you. Ramiro says, I swear Rudy thinks the ball is a hot potato on offense. So soft. Nice to see Whiteside have some toughness. Yeah, Agreed. I agree with that. Um, what's the old saying? The same water that that hardens an egg softens a potato. Yes. Like, I mean, you can have two guys playing the same system in the same moment. They're going to react completely differently. Yeah. Pressure in moments do things to guys. Some get hard, some get soft. Wow, mm -hmm. that came out wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, James Knight says there's an argument to be made that Eric Pasco should be starting over Royce O'Neal. Well, I mean, my guy's Trent Forrest. If we're going to develop young guys or – I mean, you need somebody who can give you something you don't already have. Yeah. Have a guy that can attack the basket. I don't mind the logic behind Eric Pascal. I don't. I I, I think yeah, the problem – Yeah, but he's not a starter, though. But, but what are we talking about here, though? We're talking about guys starting who aren't starters. That's what we're right. talking about. But if you look at the build of the Jazz, mm -hmm. right, and if we're talking about replacing Royce O'Neal, yeah. the build of the Jazz is Pasco comes off and gives you hips, physicality, and a three-point shot. Mm -hmm. You already have that in three, four guys that start for you. Okay, so eh. I would tell you Donovan gives you that, not at that size, obviously, but stylistically speaking. Yeah. You don't have what Trent Forrest brings. Which is what? You exactly. don't have a young that's fearless in attacking the basket who can pass out of the paint. Well, here's, Like, who's that guy right now? Here's my thing, though, with Trent Forrest. The, the problem is, is there's a traffic jam of point guard on this team. That's the problem. I don't so, think he's a point guard. Well, I think where, he, would you, where would you play him? I would, I, I would put it – well, number one, I don't believe in putting numbers on guys. I, I'm not a guy who says, okay, well, who's my five and my four and – well, this Mike league, plays the one and Don plays the two. Well, the team. and Don plays the three, and sometimes Don plays the one, and sometimes Mike plays the two. Like they're they're everybody's interchangeable outside of Rudy Gobert, mm -hmm. right? Because what what have we seen out of Joe Ingles? Joe, it's been point jingles. It's been Joe just standing in the corner. Like in in today's offensive game, you don't have numbers on guys. That's why that's where small ball comes from. Put Trent Forrest in for Royce O'Neal. Call him a three or call him a two. I don't even care. But he's going to give you a better level of athleticism, and he's going to give you a guy that can attack the basket. And to me, that's something that you can never have too much of, and he's not going to come in and shoot volume threes or be a guy that demands the basketball and takes away from, from your offense. So I'm, I'm thrilled to have a guy with the length and the ability of a Trent Forrest in, 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 look, if we're going to develop guys, he's six four two ten. I so, like that. I mean, he has good size, but I, I don't like the idea of playing him. I know you don't want to put numbers on guys, but of the starting five, he would have to play the same position Royce does, which would be like a three, like a smaller forward ish kind of player. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily love that. I, I, but I also don't love what Pascal brings. You know, like as a starter, I think that Pascal is. I agree with you on Pascal that he's that guy you want coming off the bench that's gonna punish the second the secondary team of the of whoever you're playing yeah so like the the problem is and, and this is why i'm a big proponent of the trade royce thing like i just think that if you're not going to knock down threes and you're not an elite on ball defender what are you like you're you're yeah what are you like at least well, like think of it this way if 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 not that not that they'll do this and not that i'm saying we should but let's say in some crazy scenario that jared butler started uh in place of of royce well, at least with Jared, you know what you're getting. You know you're getting a guy who can get his. See, I totally disagree. 
I think Jared Butler is a too young. B he's a he's a he's an on ball point guard. That's what he is. You look at Trent Forrest. He's about the same size as Royce O'Neal, I think. Um, and I believe they're both six four. And I think Trent Forrest gives you something you don't already have: athleticism, and he can play at the rim. And you can he, he I I gotta think he's either equal or just a tad behind. Um, Royce on defense. Royce is 6'4", 227. So he's, he's same Sevier. height. He's got 20 pounds on him. Yeah. I don't know. I, if you're going to – in all of this is hyperbole because they're not going to take Royce out of the starting lineup. Why would you? Until he's not here or until you trade him. Um, Spencer Morgan says, Jared Hall has a high QBR. He's going to win the Heisman. Exactly right, Spencer. <laughs> he's the best quarterback I've ever seen I ever love, anywhere. Dude, I love that this happens on the show all the time. Like, we get people changing their names – we get people blaming the Jazz losses on on Jaron Hall. Like, it's just. I just think it's you know what I I think, I've worked a lot of places and covered a lot of teams. Mm -hmm. In Utah, fans are particularly emotional about their players, and guys like Jaron Hall. This is in in this is why I want to switch gears real quick and and get to the Lakers because I do want to talk about Bronco here in a minute, but this is why you run into f passionate arguments over Bronco Mendenhall. Or Jaron Hall, or mm -hmm. Kyle Whittingham, or because people in Utah are very sports fans in Utah are very emotional about their individual, right? And to me, Jaron Hall's an average ass quarterback. I mean, the guy is not special, right? If he's running, okay, now you have a different story. He brings a different dynamic. The guy I've seen the last three weeks is a pretty average ass quarterback. Yeah. That's it. I mean, he's just not. There's nothing unique or special about Jaron Hall, the pocket passer. Yeah. Next question. Yeah. Uh, Lakers, <laughs> Lakers real quick. Well, seriously, right? <laughs> Lakers real quick. I, I, I'm kind of over Anthony Davis at this moment. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He was your guy. Yeah, he, he was my guy. Yeah, he's a great player. After the street clothes, Davis. I'm tired of the falling all over the floor. Holy cow, somebody shot me in the knee with a bazooka. Like, I get it. Basketball hurts. Your knee hurts. Okay. Do we really need to like lay on the floor? Oh, hit the floor. Oh my God. Pound on the floor. I'm in pain. And then you get up and finish the game and like nothing happened. How is that even possible? Like I, I oh, I twisted my ankle. <laughs> and then you finish the game and everything's fine. Anthony Davis to me is a drama queen. He's just that guy who likes to be, oh, help me. After the street closed Davis. I, I, it, it was as a casual observer of Laker basketball, not a fan, just a casual observer. He annoys the hell out of me sometimes. Like when Anthony Davis is playing as and here's the thing. He's playing really well. He's playing as well as he's played since the bubble right now. Razzle, dazzle. And this MF just lays on the floor. Like, like you would think a murder hornet was chewing on this guy's bag last night, just oh, laying shit. on the floor. Damn, like, tripping. yeah, like, Oh, by the way, Russell Westbrook finally arrived in L.A. Yeah, that was nice to see. You know, by, his teammates by, were all laying on the floor, but he got his. Via San Antonio. Uh, he put on a great performance last night without LeBron in the lineup. Um, they're back-to-back -to -back tonight in OKC. LeBron gets rest last night, mm -hmm. and Russell Westbrook did the job. Yeah. And that Laker team, the thing that worries you a little bit about what you saw the Lakers last night, speaking of playing two bigs, yeah, they played Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard together last night. And their defense was lock. 
Like that Laker team, I think everybody expects the Lakers to be good defensively because, frankly, they are a very good defensive yeah. team. They were a very good defensive team last <laughs> the night. The problem is, is that, you know, like earlier in the show, we got a question about, you know, would Hassan and Rudy play together? Is there ever like a situation where that could happen? I don't think so for the Jazz, but for the Lakers, they're doing that a lot now. Like it's a thing that's becoming a thing. And, and I think the, yeah. the trouble is, is like you look at, so Dwight and AD are protecting the rim. And then you've also got a guy who's got big time size for his position, Russell Westbrook. So you who's basically a good have, defender. You basically have, you know, what I would call just a, a triangle defense. Almost, you have a tr a triangle, three guys who form a triangle on the floor and are coming after you if you go to the rim. So what does that mean? Well, you're gonna have to shoot the lights out to beat the Lakers. You're gonna have to have a 40, 45% night from three to have any chance at, at beating the Lakers uh, at the end of the yeah. game. Yeah, and you better send bods. Oh, by the way, remember a couple of weeks ago when everybody was like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Malik Monk sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, I don't know anything about the NBA because I don't watch games. Oh, he don't know nothing. Malik Monk was a plus 31 last night. What? He's given them a real contribution. And I'm telling you now, six, seven, eight weeks from now, if Anthony Davis doesn't drop his vagina on the floor, this is going to be a championship caliber basketball team. I mean, that was probably too much. My drop point is, his bag on the floor. Like no, his money? I said vagina. Oh, sorry. Sorry. You're welcome. Okay. My um, anyway, if his labial folds are intact, Anthony Davis is going to be a real force to be reckoned with. And fuck else would you do this job? Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Mrs. Monty has sprinted into the room. Oh, hell. Why are you making vagina jokes? <laughs> I'm going to have to get, like, a flag, like a like a an NFL, like, you know, line judge and throw a flag every time you say something that's fucking sexist or. <laughs> oh, God. Here we go. Here we go. What's got your panties in a bunch now, sweetie? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Bro, the annihilation that's about the, to happen right now. The fact right that now, then you you recognize wow. what you did <laughs> and reinforced that you knew. I personally would like an apology. Go no, make, not make. okay. It's not okay to use female genitalia as a sign of weakness. No. I will throw – I'll start throwing flags. There will be penalties. See, but what, what I meant to say – um and what you see what wait have uh, the dog barfed on uh, the comforter uh, today yeah. oh, yeah. i'm already in a great mood well is that why you look like that uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding i'm totally kidding i'm trying not to get divorced right now but you know uh have you you look like you've lost weight How, you know Sometimes um, i think i just say shit you know <laughs> oh boy. you're having a great hair day um uh okay <laughs> Violence is never the answer. Suckmyass.com. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Honey. My wife's amazing. Uh, James Knight says, I'm not sure if Monty is in love, more in love with the Bulls or the Lakers. <laughs> okay. Tanner says, nice bag alert, Jake. Monty, what, are you, what have you done? I've made huge mistakes in my life. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Wow. I knew I, we were in trouble when my my dog. I, I when I come downstairs at about five twenty every day, and my dog would not come downstairs. Stop licking my leg, and now he's over here licking my leg. Anyway, the point is, he's a good boy. Uh, the point is, Bronco Mendenhall is coming back to Provo this week. 
And I want to get into this a little bit just for five minutes because we are way short on time now because you guys needed us to defend Alex Russo's honor. Um, anyway, the point is, uh, Bronco Mendenhall is coming back to Provo this week. And it is fascinating to me that there are so many people that are anti-Bronco or forget what Bronco meant to this program. Mm -hmm. So I want to take two minutes and spell this out pretty clearly. Without Bronco Mendenhall, BYU is not where they are today. Bronco Mendenhall picked up a program that was in shambles and brought stability. He brought a sense of pride, and he reinstilled the values that are BYU football today. And I think you need to understand that. I don't care about wins and losses. Hey, by the way, he won a lot of football games for you. I don't care about recruiting. Hey, by the way, he recruited the heck out of out of a lot of kids mm -hmm. and built depth and respect and had Taysom Hill jumping over Texas Longhorns. I don't understand the lack of respect and the lack of acknowledgement for what Bronco Mendenhall means to BYU football. I don't understand that. I want to understand what the vitriol and frustration on Bronco Mendenhall's side is because it's really disappointing to me that there is clearly a breakdown. I, I've asked people in Provo over the last two weeks their thoughts on Bronco, and, and nobody wants to talk about it. And when you have guys that are saying, hey, no, I'm not going to talk about the issues with Bronco and BYU, that tells me that there are issues with Bronco and BYU. And I don't know what those are. Bronco had an exceptionally difficult two and a half years at the end of his tenure at, Bron at BYU. And it's unfortunate. Bronco refused to comment on BYU until this week when he had very nice glowing words for BYU and for Provo. And I don't understand why this thing ended so poorly. And I know that Bronco wanted out. I know he looked for other jobs. And I, I understand that there is frustration with Bronco. But when the Virginia Cavaliers roll out into Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday, you get off your ass and you applaud, and you applaud loudly. Because I'm telling you right now, Bronco Mendenhall's earned it. He deserves it, and you owe him. And you need to applaud him and respect him and honor him. Because Bronco Mendenhall gave you things that you would not have today. He is partially responsible for BYU entering the Big 12. He is partially responsible for the success that Kalani Sataki is. He is partially responsible for the foundation that current day BYU football is built on. He is responsible for restoring the importance and, you know, the, the unquestioned respect that the honor code now carries at BYU. Because it wasn't always like that before Bronco got here. There were some dark days in terrible uniforms before Bronco got the Provo. And Bronco Mendenhall not only respected the honor code, he went out and recruited on the honor code. He made sure that everybody who came to Provo knew that that was the expectation. And he created the other thing that I think is so important is that Bronco Mendenhall created men at BYU. He got back to winning 
football games at BYU the way that you win games at BYU, which is you're a good human first and a good football player second. And football was always fifth. It was never first. And he was mocked for that. He was criticized for that. And he didn't care. Or maybe he did. And I think that's part of the reason that there are some hurt feelings because it was not always easy being Bronco Mendenhall, the head football coach at BYU. And I think, again, I will just end this little soliloquy by saying when Bronco Mendenhall and the Virginia Cavaliers hit the field on Saturday, stand up and applaud and honor that man because you owe it to him. You do. All right, there you go. I feel better now. Good, good. I'm glad, I'm glad you feel better. I, I do. I completely agree with you, by the way. So, uh, James Knight, don't, don't. James, um, please. Let's see. Uh, Casey Vinlinson says, um, wow, your dog is licking your leg to get the barf taste out of his mouth. I think so. Okay. Uh, Casey says, I will cheer for Bronco when he shows up. Uh, then I want to lose by, then I want him to lose by 50. Exactly. Yeah. The Blind Swartzman says, I have appreciation for Bronco, but he freaking left us because he couldn't handle being independent. That's not why he left. That's if that, no, that's a, why did he leave? No. I think Bronco Mendenhall left because it's a grind being the head football coach at BYU. Okay. It's never good enough. Um, it has nothing to do with independence. I think Bronco Mendenhall wanted something new. He wanted fresh. He needed to start over. And I don't know why you care why he left. It's not like he left in a blaze of glory and everything was burned to the ground. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, I, I think every man has to do what every man has to do. And there should be no issue with that. There really shouldn't. Uh, the lack of respect in the way his family was treated is why Bronco took the Virginia job. Well, I don't know if that's the Virginia job. I mean, he had the job at Oregon State until he didn't. Bronco was not looking for a job 15 minutes before he left. He had been looking for a job in some by some estimates. I mean, I would say probably three years before he took the Virginia job, he was actively in conversations with people. So I don't think this is this is something that, oh, Virginia walked along and he was like, all right, I'm out. It's not what happened. Um, Cam Harrison says, I respect Bronco a lot. Good. I loved Bronco when he was here. He saved the program, and I appreciate that, Casey says. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I totally agree with that. Um, real quick, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Should the Miami Dolphins trade for Deshaun Watson? I mean, it's a it's a frustrating situation because he's a hell of a football player, you know, but you, there's no there's no defined ending to the legal situation, and and that's the frustrating part. They they want to trade for him. They're yeah. actively trying to trade for him. Uh, the problem is is that the the front office leadership of the Dolphins wants um, the legal situation resolved before trading for him, meaning that they want Deshaun to settle these 22 cases. Yes. And Deshaun is not going to do that. And and they also, by the way, they also would like assurances from the league that Deshaun is not going to be uh, put on the commissioner's list or suspended or, you know, all that good stuff. And, and Goodell came out and said that the NFL does not have sufficient information to decide whether he should be on the commissioner's list or not. So for now, he's not. But that could all change once the suits are settled. So it's a it's a very – should they trade for him? Yeah, from a football perspective, absolutely you should. Tua is, Tua is not going to get it done. From a complete package, I don't know about that. I think that's a different conversation. Yeah. I would not trade for him. I mean, A, I think he is, in my opinion, 
I think he's a serial sexual predator. Number one. Number two, I think you're the Miami Dolphins and you can't take the risk. I mean, I understand why you're doing it because you want to sell tickets. Yeah. And you want there to be people interested in your football team again. But you're not very good at quarterbacking. <laughs> Clearly. I mean, you, you make Josh Rosen type mistakes. And then you fix that mistake by drafting Tua Tungavailoa, who I told you not to draft, and I know everything. I'm good-looking and I'm sexy. Right. And I would never use a body part of a female to make my point. Yeah, next question. Anyway, the point is, I just don't think you should trade for Deshaun Watson. I think this is a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. And I just think that when you have a guy who's uh, alleged to have assaulted more than 20 women, that's not an equation for winning football games. And with ESPN coming back to South Beach to cover your trade, don't forget about all the, the women's rights groups who will be right next to the ESPN truck protesting. And don't forget about the fact that there are 22 women who have alleged he sexually assaulted them. Because by trading for Deshaun Watson, you're, not, you're, you're ignoring them and not acknowledging their plight. That's why you can't trade for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And at some point, they, the, those voices have to matter. Until they're proven to be, de you know, debunked. Yeah. Or they're proven to be righteous and Deshaun Watson is a serial sexual predator. Yeah. I'm mm. not willing to give a guy accused by at least 22 women the benefit of the doubt. And all that money. I'm just not. So that's that. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, I'm going to the game and I'm giving him a standing ovation. He says a Bronco. Eclectic Redhead, what's up? Says, oh, Bronco could have left long before he did. He left when he needed to for him, which was always best for BYU. I don't blame him for leaving when he did at all, nor should you. Yeah. Jordan Royal says, Bronco brought back the Stretch Y logo. Without him, we'd still have the tan and bib. Oh, stop it. Don't ever bring up the tan and bib uniform. I will block you if you ever bring up. That is the worst uniform ever. Because it's garbage. Ever. Ever. Followed closely by the All-Navy. <laughs> why 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 bring that up why <laughs> to uh tag by i suck says bryce jensen because it's garbage yeah he's not uh, left-hand quarterbacks aren't gonna make it i'm telling you why bring up the the, the <laughs> navy uniform i like the logo the cougar with the navy hat i don't ever want to see the navy logo again no or the navy uniform yeah again. no i'm good no man, royal but, man yeah where's the royal yeah, where's the white and royal? Like, how did this is not rocket science, you BYU uniform equipment guy, dude. This is not rocket science. Who decides that anyway? I mean, this like, I, is I that a Kalani decision? No, I would just it's marketing, and, and I'm, I'm sure it's marketing has a huge say in it. Yeah, you know, because notice where they wore those, they wore them on the road. Yeah, you know, like. It is what it is. Like, who decides to make stupid blue turf in Boise? The people that grow potatoes. Uh, the quarterback that's going to be gone in a year. No. <laughs> anyway. Wow. I have no idea. Please uh, subscribe to the show. We are Jared, getting an Xbox Jared away. For, Jaron Hall for Balloon DR. <laughs> All right. Should we talk about... I'm sorry. Um, hold on. Hold on. Did you just say Balloon DR? No, I said Dior. Wow. Jaron Hall's the greatest athlete who's ever lived. You know. That's he's a, mo he's mocking a, 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 a English football no, Euro football. No, Dick. It's a World Football Award. Whatever, dude. God, why do I? Who 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 ends up winning it every year? And somebody help me, please. Somebody in the English Premier League, or no. somebody. No, maybe you've heard of Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah, or somebody in that league. Ronaldo. He's in the Premier League. He is now. 
<laughs> Man United got stomped by Liverpool. Oh, what a loser! <laughs> A-holes. Uh, I will not listen to Jaron Hall hate. I demand my satisfaction. Jaron Hall's amazing. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Man, as a small white kid who's a ball boy, <laughs> according to ESPN, how about that's the that's the most popular meme ever. I mean, the Jaron Hall, who is Jaron Hall? Simply stay, okay, wait. If you are tempted to use women's genitalia as a derogatory term, simply stay quiet. Yeah, I don't ever believe in using women's genitalia as a derogatory term. I agree. That my wife is commenting on the Deshaun Watson situation. I totally agree that you shouldn't use women's. It became personal. Good man. What? You're what? a fast learner. What? Who? Huh? Huh? How dumb huh? do you think I am? The BYU athletic director <laughs> must have been smoking weed to make the tan and bib uniforms. No, weed would not have done that to you. Weed I mean, would have been better uniforms. Yeah, weed would have resulted in like good looking uniforms. Like this is ice or crack. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> like crack, come up with ice, boom, boom pow. pow. To come up with those bib uniforms. Those are the worst uniforms BYU has ever worn. Where are we at in society today? Yeah, I don't know, Mike Gundy. Weed would have made some Oregon duck type unis. Yeah, exactly for real. Right. For real. Like no, they, for real. they have a lot of weed up there. Oh, that's hysterical, Greg. Way to go. Uh, let's talk about Tesla. Okay, so who on this show is a Tesla fan? Not I, me. I Okay, so 0 for 2. Mrs. Monty, is you and your... No, I can't make that. Yeah, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, they're cool, whatever. It's too expensive for a car. But they're really fast. I've never been in one. They're really fast. Okay. Um, yeah, you're, you're at least a hundo to get into a good Tesla, I think. Did you guys hear the story that Hertz Rental Car is going to buy 100,000 Tesla Model 3s to add to their fleet so that you can now rent an electric car. Now, I think it's smart. So the base Tesla Model 3 starts at 41,000. Yeah. Right. Base. But, but that's not like the nice Tesla. Right. No. But it's all-wheel drive. It has it has 263-mile uh, range. You know. See, that's my problem with electric cars. Like, if I want to drive to Mammoth, I can't because it's only got 263 miles of range. Yeah, you can. There's going to be a supercharger between here and Mammoth. So I have to stop. Have lunch. And plug my car in. So it doesn't take very long. The the long range model, uh, which gets you 353 miles, is 51.1. And so by the time I add... And, and infotainment, and uh, by the time I add, like, all the stuff. Yeah, the difficult part is you have to then have the the charger, like, the unit put into your garage or yep. whatever to charge. It's expensive. So you're going to be an owner of them. Renting is going to be a different thing because more and more hotels are starting to add superchargers. Yeah, but how many Cities? a-holes are going to rent a Tesla and run it out of energy and be like, I don't know what happened? They go get stuck, and then they're gonna. Somebody's gonna have to come and get them. Like the, a, the fast Tesla is 100, uh, 120. Yeah, yeah. The fast one, the high, the high performance one, hundred twenty. I'm just not into electric cars yet. I mean, I, look, I and look, Elon Musk, my financial advisor, because I'm rich. Right. Uh, my financial advisor bought Tesla stock, and I straight up said to bro, I was like, I don't like Elon Musk. I don't like Tesla. I wish we hadn't done that. And he's like, Well, we have forecasts and charts and. Um, you know, I, you, you know, I, uh, um, the next question the then New, it exploded. Yeah. The New York guy that stole everybody's money. Oh, he's like, I went to the Bernie Madoff school of finance. Um, and then Tesla stock exploded. 
Um, and by the way, right. He didn't know Bernie made up. Uh, and I did tell him I hated, like we were talking about what to do. Cause we had a, we have a bunch of money and we're rich and we were just using it for kindling. What's um, up motherfuckers? Yeah. How you, how <laughs> oh, you doing? Yeah. And we're not at all. Uh, anyway, the point is, um, we were talking to our financial advisor one day right? and I was like, Hey, I'd be all in Apple stock at that point. Was it 140 or 139 40? Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, I'd be all in. We had a bunch of money sitting in our money market account and in our Schwab account. And Schwab. so we were like, Hey, why don't we put all that money onto Apple? And he's like, yeah, I'd be, I'd be in favor of that because X, Y, Z. And then, yeah, so we did and it exploded. And now Tesla stock, which I didn't want exploded. So, I mean, I, I think I don't mind Elon. He, he, he set the world on fire yesterday when he announced he built a school just for his kids. I really um, don't care if you think it's sus. It is <laughs> sus that he did that. Uh, Elon made a school just for his kids. He has he is the richest man in the world now. He has surpassed Jeff Bezos, mm -hmm. uh, the founder and former CEO at Amazon, um, who now says he's going to launch his own space station. Just give me the money. Like I, that strikes me as somebody who doesn't know what to do with their money. But here and there, I'm not ready to buy an electric car. Nah. No, like I love the idea of uh, I'm all in on my my wife, um, who's a communist, uh, does not allow me to throw anything out anymore. I have to read labels and recycle it. And Nazis. I have. Yeah, I have to shred it and compost it in my backyard. <laughs> I have to hand smash dog poop and replant it as cultivating seed. For he is a sick puppy. The Where is my foul flag? Yeah. My, so, like, I'm all in on saving the earth. My wife has turned me into a recycler, which here in South Jordan means you don't recycle anything because they don't recycle anything <laughs> here. Um, but It's a shame. Like, it's an Utah is an embarrassment why with recycling. Yeah, why did you why do, did that? I do why, that? Why did I bring this Come on, up? Guy. Uh, sorry, I was, oh, you were gaslighting your wife. Yeah, spinal. I did. It, admittedly, yeah, it was a spinal, <laughs> Mike. Uh, but I'm all in on saving the earth. I'm just not an electric car guy. And I'm not now, I'm also not the guy who owns a 17 foot tall pickup truck that burns nothing but black smoke into the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. uh, I drive an Audi because. Yeah, you know, you're an SRT guy. You know, I'm a pimp. Yeah. But the point is, I'm not into Tesla right now. No. I just can't. Yeah, I can't do it. Dax, J Dax Johnson said, Elon Musk, see, there's a dick joke. No, nothing. Uh, anyway, Johnson. Um, <laughs> Elon Musk and Grimes are robots. I don't trust them. Elon is a robot. Bryce Jensen said Elon is just Jeff Bezos's daddy. I thought that that Grimes and Musk split. Didn't they? I don't know. I don't Did know. They? I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. I thought Jeff Grimes was the offensive coordinator of Baylor, but I could be wrong. Um, <laughs> Dax Johnson said, I install Tesla outlets on the side and it's not too expensive. A thousand to fifteen hundred. Oh, really? Dax, what do you do that you install? Tesla outlets. Oh, uh, I cool. work for the power company. Nice. Uh, Giggity says Elon reminds me of a villain from the old James Bond films. Yes, I agree. Greg Hawkins says normal billionaires send their kids to some boarding school in rural England. Musk makes his own boarding school. He does because he's yeah. not a normal billionaire. The eclectic record says when I lived in Germany 25 years ago. God damn, woman. How old are you? Um, it's just a question. Okay, don't relax, relax, giant police. Just take it easy. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna get a shirt. Uh, yes, my wife's gonna have a shirt that says giant police on it. 
when I lived in Germany 25 years ago, they were so much better than Utah is now at recycling. Utah's not even close to where Germany was 25 years ago. You're not wrong. Utah's an embarrassment with recycling. It's bad. It's bad. Uh, I'm an electrician. Dax, you're an electrician? Bro, I just paid some crazy freaking guy like two G's to put in a hot tub thing. Why didn't you tell me that? to the Russians. Yeah, I just paid. Oh, he's literally a... Or you talk to him. He's like a special forces Nazi hunter guy. Spetsnaz. He's South African. But he was like a... I think the reason why his name is Hawk is because of like whatever work he did. Yeah. Like, now, in all seriousness, black ops military shit. In all seriousness, Hawk Electrical here in uh, Utah did an amazing job. But Dax, I would have, you know, he has 101 stories too. Dax is like, I would have done it for 1,200. Thanks, we appreciate that. <laughs> You're the best. Uh, LOL. I was in high school. She said, "Yes, the eclectic redhead." Um, I don't know. I I want to. I want to be a guy that wants to save the earth and holy cow, it's amazing. Let's recycle and plant trees and, you know, never shave our armpits or our thighs. Like, let's just live off the earth and smoke hemp. And I just can't do it. That's not what we're about. Uh, yeah, I buy Jordans. I drive. I like to drive. I like expensive cars. You know, I don't like plastics. Like, I think I've done. When do I get any credit? Do I ever get any credit? I think don't I have cut down my single-use plastic. I don't, don't buy water bottles anymore, hardly, because Mrs. Monty's like, you're killing the ocean. Dolphins are dying. Um, like, I don't do it, right? Like, I don't, I, I no longer get plastic bags at the grocery store. I only buy paper. Like, I'm doing my part. And we recycle those. Yeah. True. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about unrequited farting. Um, okay, I'm so sorry. What kind of farting? Farting etiquette. Oh, okay. Is something I think that is near and dear to everybody's heart. Right. Is there? Yeah. Thank you, Jake. So my wife has essentially gone vegan, which means basically I'm never going to be a vegan. Right. Um, but she makes all this stuff that is quite loaded with flatulence. Um, where, like, where is it uncouth? I have trouble with car farting. Like, this is something, and I could be wrong about this. I think, one, you're a huge fart denier. No, I'm one. not, dude. How how am I a fart denier? How does that? How is that even possible? Well, because you fart and then you deny No, it. I don't. You do. I don't. Um, but anyway, the point is, like, I'm a, I'm a big believer in farting etiquette. If you fart, you need to own it. And by owning it, I mean in the car, roll the windows down. I have leather seats, so I'm not worried about the stains. Okay. <laughs> when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm more worried about my nostrils. I think you in the car, I think you have to be appropriate and say, hey, man, I'm rolling the window down. All gas, down. no brake. Right? So where do you not? Is there any place? Elevators. That um, confined spaces. <laughs> like as much as we joke about it, confined spaces. Or somewhere where it's really quiet. Like, I don't go to church, but you shouldn't be ripping out a fucking, you know, fart in the middle of church. <laughs> but everybody does, right? God, and especially like in the LDS church. Dude, you're there for like three hours. I if, don't think anyone's ripping out a big fart. If you, oh, please. If you went to a chili cook-off on Saturday night and you're like three hours, you're into like second session. Yeah, please respect my privacy. You're getting up and question. going to the bathroom. Oof. I can't imagine Ooh. anybody in a quiet space with a lot of people. Fat Jesus says, I love crop dusting the toy aisle. Toy aisle. It's think that's HIPAA? <laughs> Dax Johnson says, my wife farts all the time, uh. but she 
she's so sexy it's okay i've learned to live with it well see if my wife was sexy i'd live with it too but my wife here's what my wife does that hag yeah that old <laughs> barrel of bolts um like my wife has a fan on her desk and she will fart into that fan which is pointed at me <laughs> and she'll be like <laughs> you're so fucked this is the life I lead. Oh, this is the life I lead, dude. But I guess this is the price you pay to eat well, dude. Because I don't ever remember, be- like, I don't ever remember being just like horrendously gassy when I was eating Five Guys every day. Yeah, you were probably corn. But now that oh god, corn just tears me up, and I eat corn by the bag now. <laughs> but. I don't. I just think you need to have some etiquette about it. Yeah, I'm, like of if you're you outside, do, you could just walk away a little bit. You know, you know. Yeah, mm, it is what yeah. it is. Uh, Dax says I fart in church all the time. Lord's the Lord forgives me. <laughs> <laughs> ah, they actually change lots of churches to two hours now. Oh, only two hours. I'm telling you, if you want youth back in the LDS church, shorten the sh- shorten the service, one hour. Have some, you know, like, because you still have, you know, family home evening. You've got like Wednesday group, small group. Like, I like how we call it family home evening. Why can't we just say we're having dinner with the family? Because it's an emphasis on the family. Anyway, uh, Greg Hawkins says, LMAO, Monty just called his wife a barrel of bolts. Brave, brave man. My wife is actually not a barrel of bolts. She's much more of like a redwood. Um, no, just, but I will with your wife. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> Shaq is awesome. <laughs> no, my wife is my wife's amazing. We joke all the time, but my wife is actually amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Monty, it was nice knowing you after this show. I don't know if we're going to see you tomorrow. No, I'll probably be murdered in my sleep. By the way, freaky moment this morning. Oh, boy. A, I couldn't find my dog. My, my one dog, Rhino, I don't know how I missed him. I walked out of my bedroom. He wasn't laying on this one bed that he always sleeps on. But then I came downstairs. He wasn't downstairs. It turned out he was upstairs. I'm blind. But I walked outside to let my dogs out. And my all of my neighbor's garage was open. And it was just, it, it had that deja vu moment like Freddy Krueger's coming out of that garage door to, to murder you. Um, that was scary. Dude, I'm a. Bro, are you okay? No, I was actually scared. I wait, was actually which scared. garage though? Our neighbor next door. Just the garage door? The yeah. back door? Their back garage door was open. It's like always open. No, it's not. Not a, not the nice young Mormon couple next to us never leaves their garage door open. Oh, I see it open a lot. I don't. I don't. But it was open. It was weird. I mean, I don't advise you leaving your garage door open with stuff in there. No. But, you know. No. James Knight says you need to master the art of cup and chuck in the car. What? Okay. What are you what talking about? What in the hell about? is that? Guy, I don't want to know what cup and chuck means. <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know. what. How often do you and your wife fight? Not very often at all. When's, no. the last, <laughs> when's the last time we had an argument? Well, March. March? Was it March? Yeah. Whenever the car was? Yeah. 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 That was Vax Day. Holy I'll shit, drop that, that was terrible. Oh, my God. That was terrible. I was when so all sick. bad things collided. <laughs> my, wife's in, my wife is just not. But there. we don't have to argue too much because I'm right. There you go. Happy wife, happy life, right? Oh, um, 23 years, I guess, we've been together now. Like, now it's Monty marriage quiz time. Yeah. I'm not that interested in that. Uh, Jake, any update on the hinge Nothing. Line? There's nothing happening right now. And the teacher abandoning you, you guys have not talked at all? Nope. I haven't talked. Crazy. Nothing, dude. Nothing. I'm right. fine, man. I'm good, man. Making that bread. 
gonna go snowboarding you know all right well hey if you've got any single sisters or wives you know jake's available so or once the women that want to be wives same thing jake's available okay what wait monty don't didn't you and mrs monty get in an argument earlier in the show well that doesn't count that's just playing no there was no argument i was just uh you know laying it down Okay, no, I don't want to know what cup and chop. Stop! Stop it! Stop it! Ramiro, I'm not no. Like people are He's covering the comments with his hand. People are like describing what cup and chuck is. Okay, what is it? No. I'm guessing that it's like cup the fart and and like push it away, but I don't think this is really something you can do when you're sitting on the seat driving. Cup and chuck is when you fart in your hand and chuck it out the window, right? <laughs> I don't, this this doesn't even make sense. You're driving. Your How? ass is pointing down. So is there a lean in there then? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, Mrs. Monty people, the other day. Hands Mrs. On, the, on the wheel, okay? Sitting in the uh, DXR, DX racer chair the other day. Fully did the lean and blast. Like, fully did the lean and blast. What? Uh, this episode has gone off the rails. 10 out of 10. Yes, it has. That's exactly <laughs> Okay, right. cup and chuck. Like, wh- has this been a thing for a while? I don't have... N- hey... I don't I've know never heard a cup you. and chuck. I've dude. never fucking heard a cup and chuck. That's not the lifestyle I live. I've heard of so, farting in the car and rolling the window down. I good Lord. I, I don't see that cup and chuck could be like an effective method. <laughs> what do you bench? 225, 12 times. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it is. What do you eat that makes you so gassy? Um, generally I have a cereal called Heritage Flakes for breakfast, or my wife will make overnight oats. Uh, when she's being obedient, like we're going to renew our vows in Maui. When she's and, being obedient. And she's damn right going to say to love, honor and obey thy bequeathed. This like is she corny is, stuff. She is going to. No, she will never say that. Uh, anyway, the point I, is. I am on Amazon right now ordering my football flag. Oh, God, here we go. She wants to throw penalty flags every time I. Bring so up. wait, is this a penalty flag or a challenge flag? Order a red one because it should be a challenge flag. She doesn't know the difference. It's sports. She's a woman. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> see that like plays we're getting the, somewhere. The stereotype. Anyway, the point is, I eat Heritage Flakes for breakfast, and I usually have Dave's Killer Seeded Bread uh, with that. And then I'll eat a protein bar around eleven. I'll go work out, and then I'll have usually ground turkey or chicken with a bag of vegetables. What do you bench? And that's pretty. I'll have a protein bar around four o'clock. Uh, the first thing I drink every morning is Ghost Protein and Creatine, and that's pretty much all I eat all day. And I drink about 80 ounces of water. That's my whole thing. There you go. Uh, Cup and Chuck is a new product at Chipotle. Yes, it is. Wow. Yes, it is. Wow. Tanner says I have a sister-in-law who's 16. No. Nah, I'm fine. I'm I'm completely fine. Jake, why are you single? No, we don't have time for that question. Jake is single because he's complex. Right? That's a fair generalization. Sure. It is. We have to go because I have work to do. Play the music. Anyway, you're welcome for my thoughts on Bronco. Chip said, thanks for your thoughts on Bronco. Uh, I don't know why that got filtered. We don't filter comments. YouTube does. Uh, the hooker offer is still on the table, Jake James Knight says. Uh, I can't do hookers, don't. man. I can't don't. do hookers. Done. Don't. Done. No. I already you, ordered she really brought. You really bought a football penalty flag to throw at me during the show. And, and just <laughs> so you know, I mean, it's a, it's a challenge flag. And just so, so you know, I can throw it back. Maybe? And I'm, I, yeah. When I throw my balls, don't get surprised. Um, Jake, come to the Philippines, Greg Hawkins said. <laughs> Craig is the Bob says good morning, dudes. Yeah, just in time. Say goodbye, Jake. <laughs> goodbye, Jake. <laughs>